As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void. Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 295. We picked some new movies this week to celebrate and have fun. And by the way, we do have some redactions from last week that we want to mention. <laughs> we'll talk about in a second. But this week, it's The Black Phone from 2022, technically 2021, but it just came out this year. But, you know, it got delayed a little bit because they they didn't think it was going to be as big a hit. And then we are also going to be talking about Moloch from 2022. Right. And it's in Shutter now. So you can watch both of these on either of those streaming services. Um, obviously, I would pick the, the Peacock one if you're going to watch the Black Phone because I still think it's like 20 bucks. <laughs> so, oh, to rent. Yeah. But yeah, uh, last week we did an episode on uh, the franchise of The Mangler, which is terrible. And uh, we forgot to mention that our friend Ryan had sent us the sequel, the second one, The Mangler 2, with Lance Henriksen in it. I had the copy of Reborn, and I never really explained that in in all of it. I think we were just rushed when we went and did it. I didn't want to talk about it, because I know there were scenes, too, that we should have mentioned. There were so many things that were going into that episode. I didn't want to talk about it. But anyway, thank you, Ryan, for sending that that wonderful piece of shit to us. And Uh, I won't burn it. Yeah. (laughs) We don't burn movies around here, okay? I did throw one in the toilet once. Oh, wasn't it that Jennifer Lawrence one? No, it was um, it was a terrible movie called um, the something Salem Lords or something like uh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, something. And like I that. mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was really. That bad. That was a Dollar Tree movie, so it was. Yeah, it was, and I gave it all the chance in the world. It was bad. Woo, I feel bad. You know, I never do that. That's I don't like to be that way. <laughs> 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 anyway, so how are things going with you? What's going on? You know, whatever, just stressed. How are you? Uh, well, I got you watching some animated stuff. I couldn't believe it. Just a little bit. What was it called? Love Robots? Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. Which is on Netflix. You can watch. They have like three seasons. Well, technically, like I think the second season wasn't all that good, but the third season was really great. Isn't we that wa- how it was? Yeah, we watched Night of the mini zombies or something like that it was mm. so cute that's like what i got roped in on eight minutes it was so cute and then i showed her the one with the rats and the uh old farmer oh, in yeah, the future okay. which is cute yeah that's yeah, cute i lo- i loved i love watching that in 4k and stuff because it's so pretty mm-hmm. like everything looks so good mm-hmm. so and now now next thing i need to do is get you to watch um akira which plumkey sent us 
Uh, and, I've seen Akira. And the Wicked City uh, I've seen anime. I've Akira a few times. Well, I was thinking we could do Akira and Wicked City as the animes that we would watch. It's a long movie. Akira? They're, yeah. They're both long movies to do. Well, hey, you know what? One he episode. sent us a movie. I want to watch it. Well, so. we should do one episode on it. On oh, both movies, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going to do two movies because that's what we do. Okay. <laughs> Anyway. I can't wait to watch them. Only because Plemke sent it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll plan it in the future. I don't know when we're going to do it. We'll definitely do it in the future. She's not a big animated person, so that's a big step for her. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we should be covering all kinds of stuff. You know, that's like kind of horror themed. And Wicked City is definitely a horror themed demon sort of like crazy action anime film. So, mm-hmm. um kind of like constantine with demons only there's like demon sex and shit which is kind of weird oh (laughs) yay (laughs) but i like animated movies and i think there's like the stuff that that love or what is it love death and robots does Mm -hmm. or love robots and death i can't remember now i'm fucking completely losing my mind uh, I feel like they do a really good job and I feel like they should make games out of those movies or their shorts or like, you know, full on movies. Didn't you start playing the Cult of Lamb? The Cult of Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. I played that of, for a while. A lot of people have been talking about that. That's not an animated movie, though. I Well, it's animated. I mean, I'm it looks saying. like an anime cartoon, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what are you? What is the connection here? You're like just throwing stuff out. <laughs> But yeah, I really love what Netflix is doing. I really want them to make them into movies or video games or, you know, whatever it is, because there is some really dark sci-fi horror like stuff going on in these that Mm -hmm. look fucking beautiful. Like one of them was like called Hive or something like that. And it was like all these insects and bugs and stuff. And then like there was this uber fucking bug like in the end of it. It's really fucking cool. Uh-huh. Uh, man, I would just love to see like more animated like horror stuff like that. Like I know like they do stuff like that for like Resident Evil and they they've you know, like we've seen that. We've seen Dead Space. They did a couple of uh, animated uh, things like that. But I feel like there should be more animated adult stuff. Like uh-huh. I want to see more like heavy metal you know, not the 2000 whatever one, the the original heavy metal, like where it's like all these different stories in one. I would love to see that again. You know, Ryan also sent out Paprika uh, to us, which is another anime, which is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should watch that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, they're both really good. Like, I really like animated stuff. And some of the 3D stuff that we're seeing now is like looking fucking fantastic. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like they could be doing so much more. It makes me want to mess around with, like, Unreal Engine because it's free. Mm-hmm. Unless you, you know. Make oh, a, is that the AI thing? It Well, it's not an AI, but it is an engine that you can create video games on. Oh. But you can import 3D models into that program, and you can essentially make movies almost out of them. Mm-hmm. Just by creating the environments. I've seen people, like, create, like, the Evil Dead Cabin and like forests and stuff and they put up lighting and fog and have stuff come out of nowhere and like you know it's like a you feel like you're in the game but it's like a movie you know i feel like you could do more with that i don't know uh-huh like eventually like i feel like there's going to be like these versions of games slash movies does that make sense i think so like people who make movies strictly with unreal engine you know what i mean like because that's all they do really is just 
put it in an engine, create it, and then render the shit out for weeks at a time, you know, for mm-hmm. each scene because it's like 8K or whatever. The graphics are like super fucking intense. I don't know how they do it. But that's how they did it, like Avatar and shit like that. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Which I'm- I don't think Avatar is going to be nearly as big. <laughs> the I new never, ones. I never watched it. I know. We need to watch it just, just so you have. Uh, yeah, so good can. luck. I've tried watching it twice. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Like it's okay. It's just, both times I fell asleep. Like I know everybody like, hates on it. Like literally within the twenty minutes. I, I never hated on it. I, I don't really understand why everybody's hating on it. I thought it was kind of fun, but they're like, oh, it's just you know, Pocahontas, you know, because you know everybody tries to minimalize everything down to something stupid because they are not fans of it, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just a, it's a movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit, it is a movie. That's why I'm watching them. You think there's original ideas now, you fucking idiot? <laughs> no, it's just rehashes of other shit mixed together with other shit. We're just rewatching everything and different ways of putting it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, but I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so we decided to pick the movie The Black Phone in order to make a shot. Christina did mostly on that one, but it just seemed like a good idea because they had a drink in one of the movies, which happens to be Sprite. In, in a one, bottle. In the Spec- old school a glass, bottles. A glass bottle. Because this movie takes place in the 70s, so, of course, everything was way different then. Plastic wasn't as plasticky. So we decided to call this shot The Grabber. And what is in a grabber, you might be asking yourself. Well, obviously, Sprite is one of the ingredients. We used vodka and a splash of Midori on top. So, you know, you want to pour in a, as strong a shot as you feel necessary. I say half and half if you're not really interested. Three-fourths of a shot if you really want to taste it. And then... and It then looks pretty. Fill in the rest with the Sprite. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I made it kind of a little more than half and half. So there's more vodka in it. But the Midori should kind of tone it out a little bit, hopefully. But this is the grabber. Um, I don't really feel like cheersing to anything because it's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah. How is it? No strong? It's strong. Yeah, you probably needed it. But yeah, oh yeah. But it doesn't taste terrible. It's just, it's more just like. I'm excited for next week because I'll take that shot next week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. This one? I don't know about no, this one. No, I meant the horror shot. I'll take the horror shot for next week. Oh, okay, okay. Because it's my birthday. That's right. Christina's birthday episode is now week, next week, so we're going to have uh, something. I don't know what she wants, really. Maybe some gin? Probably. Probably. Ugh. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. It's your birthday. Good. But yeah, guys, so if you would like to try a grabber or the grabber, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of the two movies that just came out, one being The Black Phone and... Oh, Moloch from 2022. That's right, and we're going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, guys, so we're back, and we are going to kick it off with the first movie, which is The Black Phone. The Black Phone from 
2021, you know, 2022, you already said. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. Ghosts. A tagline is, uh, never talk to strangers. That's silly. Uh, Directed by Scott Derrickson. Uh, He also did Deliver Us From Evil, uh, Hellraiser Inferno, uh, Sinister, of course, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I think was like his one of his first movies. And he also did the first Doctor Strange movie, which, yeah, he got kicked out of or had differences or whatever on set. So he went and made this one. But yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh, I thought that that was the second. That wasn't the second one. No, because Doctor. Oh, the first Doctor Strange. Maybe. Yeah, he just did the first Doctor. Well, Strange. I think he was supposed to direct the 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 multiverse one. Yeah, I think I read something. And about then he, he left in the middle of it, and that's yeah. when they got Sam Raimi to come in and fucking and do fill it. in. Yeah. Okay. So he's done quite a bit of uh, movies that are good. So. Mm-hmm. And then this story is based on the short short story by Joe Hill. You know. Stephen King's son, uh, he did uh, Lock and Key, Nosferatu, uh, In the Tall Grass, and Horns from 2013. That's right. And oh, I also forgot to mention that Scott Derrickson, the director, he did the screenplay too, based right. on the, the the Joe Hill story. The uh, the adaptation. Right. Uh, this movie stars Mason Thames, who plays Finney. Uh, he's in a show called For All Mankind, and he's in a show called Walker, and he's also in a movie coming out this summer uh, with Mel Gibson. I like how Mel Gibson's just like all of a sudden back. Yeah, he, <laughs> he took like a sabbatical it's because like, he went on that that Karen rant. Oh, he went on the, yeah, like, why are you killing Jesus rant? Yeah. <laughs> Which is Even so bizarre. He literally killed Jesus in Passion of the Christ. Well, it just makes you wonder, like, why we thought he wasn't crazy when he fucking did that part in fucking Lethal Weapon so good that it seemed really believable. Right. And it was, <laughs> he was, like, tapping into himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's why everybody loves him. <laughs> uh, we have Madeline McGraw, who plays Gwen, uh, who looks a lot like the girl from Psycho Goreman. We had to look it up in the middle of the movie. But she's not. Yeah. She's not. But she was in the show Outcast. Uh, she was also in Pacific Rim Rising from 2013, Ant-Man and Wasp, mm-hmm. and the Mandela Effect from 2019, which was a huge disappointment. <laughs> yeah, the ending was really kind of terrible. I thought it was going to go some wild places. Yeah, but it did not. It just didn't have enough money. It looked cool. Yeah, it did look cool. Everything was really cool about it, but it just was disappointing. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a good movie. It just... Yeah, it was disappointing. It's like one of those, like, God, I wish it would have gone wild. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Ethan Hawke, who plays the Grabber. Uh, most popu- His most popular movie is Training Day mm. from 2001. I forgot he was in The Purge. Right. The first one from which 2013. I love. Yeah. He was in Sinister, which I also fucking forgot. You know what? He just has one of those faces where it's just like... Oh, that he's normal been around white guy faces. Uh, there's you know another I mean? guy that looks like him that's similar. Oh, is there? Because there's, you know, remember, remember back in the 80s, there was always like the 80s and 90s, like there would be Matthew Broderick and then there'd be that other guy who was in the. Oh, who looked That like... did comedies kind of like Ferris Bueller, but not. Right. You know what Full I mean? Like, yeah. He played Dutch in fucking 16 Candles. It's the same guy. Mm-hmm. And he also did that made to order. I don't even remember what it's called, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like where they have those like kind of similar looking guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke was also in Reality Bites, which I have to mention because. We were talking about, we were the, talking about the other, the other day. day. And I forgot he was in Dead Post Society, and recently he was on the Moon Knight show. Right. 
which I didn't finish. Um, Jeremy Davies, who plays the father, who was an amazing Jesus in American Gods. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he was also in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, he was the dopey kid that wasn't ready to go. He was like the writer. Right, right. Uh, he was also in The House That Jack Built. Mm. Uh, he played Charles. You need to rewatch that, by the way. Yeah, that was a good movie. It, it really long, is. It's but fucked it's up, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, he also played Charles Manson and Helter Skelter from 2004, and he was also on Lost. I Go think figure. it was the second season he was on Lost for like a long time. Anyway, okay, budget for this film was $18 million, and it made $23 million opening weekends. Okay. Also, something I want to mention, by the way, Mason Thames, who's the main kid in this movie. Remember I kept telling you he looked like somebody that I couldn't. Place? Couldn't place. Uh-huh. Let me show you. Oh, yeah, like he was the son of another I f- actor. I figured it out. I looked it up because other people were asking the same ah, that they saw it, too. It wasn't just you. It wasn't just me. And I found it in a Reddit post, thank God, from a month ago. Uh, but look, it's this guy, Chris Mulkey. Oh, OK. He looks like a younger version of Chris Mulkey. Let me show you what he looks like. And what was Chris Mulkey in? And then here's Thames. Okay, so look. Right. Doesn't it look like him? Yeah, a little bit. I guess. It yeah. kind of looks like a Brian or uh He's got those eyes. It's the eyes or something and the nose maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the eyes. What was the guy in? Uh, So Chris Mulkey has been in a ton of stuff. He was in Twin Peaks. Oh, he was the dad. He okay. played Hank Jennings. Right. He was also the colonel in the Cloverfield when they get into the mall. Remember when they go through oh, the... Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he's like the girl pops or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he played Clay in Castle Rock in the TV series, which was one of the gangster guys. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Didn't, okay. Didn't, didn't he own the bar? I don't even remember the show. I think it was in the second season. But anyway, I just had to point that out because if you guys bothering. are wondering like if he was related because I was thinking that the whole fucking time, totally not a, the same person at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it is. He does look like him. Look him up if you don't believe me. Take a look at their pictures side by side. And Alex, what did you think about the black phone? Well, this is it's a pretty straightforward film. With some pretty great performances from the kids, which is probably the most important thing for these kind of movies. Uh, of all the people in the movie, you know, obviously Ethan and him and, and, you know, everybody does pulls their weight in this. But the kids really do a good job. I really enjoyed their performances. Ethan Hawke obviously does a really good creepy dude as well in this one. And it's definitely a horror film, but not one that I, it's like going to scare the piss out of you or anything like that. Or especially for like a seasoned veterans. It's just more of a well-performed, solid sort of supernatural story that kind of works pretty well. Like I, it didn't really blow me away and it felt a little tame as far as like horror goes, you know, but there is a lot more to like about this movie and it's mystery than to hate about it. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it just didn't work for me a hundred percent. Like it's a solid film. It's just not personally something that is uber interesting to me, but I think could be for a lot of other people. Like right. I'm not trying to take away from it. It just doesn't feel like it's, it's like, I feel like I've graduated a level above this movie in some regards. Maybe it's a younger filled film that, that doesn't really connect me, even though like, you know, the performances are good or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of the movie Summer of 84, 
which I really liked. And, I remember, yeah. And I really love that movie, and you haven't even seen it yet. Nope. Uh, I wanted you to watch it, but uh, I don't know. That movie really paid off and kind of left you hurt inside after the movie was over, which I fucking loved. That was like a kind of like a memorable stamp on it. While this one isn't as memorable, it still delivers in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, I don't know, there's just more to like about the, the summer of 84 and then, than this one, I think personally. Um, but it is a good movie to watch if you have not been completely submersed into horror genre. So if you have some friends that maybe just don't like scary movies or, you know, are bothered by it, this is kind of on the edge. I think that you could get away with watching because it kind of feels a little bit more fable-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you hear what the director was trying to kind of go for stylized wise you'll be like oh okay that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. he's well i'll just tell you he, he was trying to go for a del toro thing a guillermo okay. del toro all right vibe like uh one of his earlier films where this rocket hits the center of the thing there's like graphic violence and stuff in it but it's mostly like a fable oh so the Devil's Backbone, that's what it's called. Oh, okay. He tried to mirror it off of The Devil's Backbone and The 400 Blows from 1959. So those are his major influences for this film. Right. But yeah, I still like the movie. It is one that someone could definitely watch and not necessarily be scared by. So I have friends that don't like scary shit and they like horror in some regards. So like, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark wasn't that scary for them. You know, or, you know, it's a little lighter on that side is all I'm saying. It's a kid's horror movie. <laughs> it kind of feels like it. Um, it is a movie set in the late 70s where a supposed child abductor is wandering the streets, stealing children, only for them to never be found. And they call him the Grabber. And a brother and a sister have this really fucked up family lifestyle where the brother and sister pretty much take care of each other and the dad's a drunk. And one day that brother goes missing and the whole family dynamic shifts. And everything goes wrong. And so this girl, she tries to find her brother. And it's this whole mystery about what's going on while you're seeing him in there making phone calls or picking up a phone rather that has been disconnected for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty interesting. That's where it gets really kind of interesting as to what is going on in that phone. That's why it's called that, you know, the black phone. But it's pretty cool. And I, I like I said, I think it's well acted. I definitely think you should check it out to find out if it's for you or not. May not be over the moon about it, but I still think it's a seven, maybe a 7.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still think it's a well-made movie. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. It just didn't hit the spot for me. Right. Yeah, I thought it was okay, too. Um, It had my attention the entire time. <laughs> um, And I love the settings and how it was set in 1978. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And the neighborhood. It kind of reminds really you cool. of like an episode of Twilight Zone or something like that. Or I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was more true crimey because it's like the guy. But then it also had it did have elements of it to it because like you have him. He's in a mask and he's holding balloons. Yeah, and well, stuff. let's not get too. Yeah, too... I'm not. I'm just. Well, that was in the poster and stuff. But okay. still. And it did have, you know, the it vibes, which I mean, would make sense if you grew up with that. You right. Know? <laughs> um, Ethan Hawke was really creepy in the movie. He creeped me out. Uh, but I feel it. uh it wasn't the best story. I feel like I've seen it before, but I can't right. exactly place like See what, what I mean. Movie. Like, yeah. it, like that's why I say it's like a weird feeling of like either I've been there before, I've been past yeah, this ex- already. Exactly. It. It. Re- yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
The only kind of thing that was different is f- some of the supernatural for, yeah, elements. Yeah, some of the yeah supernatural elements to it. I think they just added it, it in there. Yeah, I, I think it would have been worse of a movie if they didn't add that in there. We can't spoil yeah, it for you, yeah, but you'll see so when you see the movie. There is supernatural stuff going on, multiple different things. Uh huh. So, but yeah. I would give it a like a seven out of ten. Okay. You know. I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at. It's like I don't dislike the movie. Right. I just wasn't like, you know, it's it amazing. Didn't... It was a bl- it was a Bloomhouse movie for sure. Yeah, but like I've most... seen some pretty good Blumhouse movies. Uh, yeah, but not well, not recently. I mean, they've all kind of been like this, right? Uh no. Okay. I mean I, I I don't know, like I like dashboard or uh dash cam. People hated it because of the character. Uh, I also liked, uh, what was it? Freaky Friday. Uh, I liked Halloween kills. Uh, I didn't like the first Halloween that they did. I know, but it's very like theatrical horror. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think Freaky Friday was at Blum, Blumhouse. I don't know. I don't know. I like some of their stuff. I don't like everything that they do. Right. They, they do good. They do good because they do it on a cheap. Right. They're able to do these movies that are cheap, that have enough in it, that encourage people to want to watch it. You right. know what I mean? So. It's not like this overblown film that's like packed to the gills. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like the Halloween movies are big budget, but that's also split between them and and uh, the other studio. So you know what I mean. That owns Halloween or whatever. Mm-hmm. Universal. Universal. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't own like Freddy and fucking Jason. You know, because they own all the monster movies, right? Yeah, but that's New Line Cinema, right? So anyway, I don't know. I think it's a decent movie. I'm, you know, maybe it's, I've heard some people say that it's where they really liked it, but you can kind of tell that like everybody has a little like, eh, it wasn't great. <laughs> right. It was just, you know, it was okay. But I don't know. You know, if you like it even better, like that's fucking dope. I'm glad. Like if you loved it, that's, that's, that's what we should be doing for you is helping you find these movies that'll work for you. If you like mystery, if you like kids set in seventies, like figuring out this mystery, highly recommend watching this or summer of 84 at the very least. Mm-hmm. Cause I think both of those films kind of fit a little bit in there. Um, very similar dynamics. Cause there's a serial killer in both of them. Right. But I think that the tension is way better in summer of 84. Mm-hmm. And the ending is just insanely fucked up. You're just like, what? So, but anyway, we do have some trivia to talk about in this movie. We're going to go ahead and spoil a lot of stuff in this part. So if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, you can go down to the timestamps down below and check out our next movie that we're going to do spoiler free. And that one is Moloch from 2022. So you can go down to the timestamps, go to that part and skip the spoiler section of that and find out what we're talking about next week at the end of the episode. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So Ethan Hawke was interested in this movie. Uh, it's funny because like I've done a lot of movies with Ethan Hawke that have done horror now. Right. We've done Insidious. We did that vampire one. I can't remember. I always forget the name of that. We got the 4K version of from Random Viewer. Mm hmm. Um, that's really cool. That was like an action film with Willem Dafoe. Oh, um, Daywalkers. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, Nightwalkers. Day it was Daywalkers like or something like that. But anyway, he has grown as a artist, as a as a actor. He was originally before he did Insidious, never into horror. Mm-hmm. Literally, never into horror. I don't know that he was just. He just didn't like to go to those dark places. Mm-hmm. In his mind, he becomes so wrapped up into a character 
that right. it, it's a little hard for him to do it, but he also likes to push himself to do different things. And I think Insidious was one of the first movies that he got mm-hmm. where he did that. And Scott Derrickson was the one that directed it. So, of course, he's like, yes, this guy opened me up to new material, got me going. I think I should do another movie with him. I think it would be great. Mm-hmm. He said that he wanted to, like, when he read the script, he said, you know, it was not really appealing to play this character. Like, he just couldn't get in the mindset of this character. But after reading it and seeing how endearing it was about the kids and stuff like that, that he thought he could just do something a little different with it. And so, you know, he loves the kid's journey aspect of this movie, which is really interesting. Yeah, it is. So he thought he could contribute it in a different way. So he kind of looked at the character like a a broken circuit board. Mm -hmm. And instead of just trying to, like, get into there. Because he said even, even when he was acting in the role, he never fully grasped the character's... I think he's just scared to push himself to that. Oh, in I In other see. words, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that the kids in the movie actually didn't even know how to use a rotary phone. And the movie is about a fucking rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, actually, no, it's like, that's how it is now, though. I know, but it's crazy because I'm old. <laughs> yeah, and it has been a good 25 years, so of course they're not going to know. Well, like, they knew that it was a phone. Right. They just didn't know how to operate well, it. Well, yeah, so. because the emojis look like that. <laughs> Like, of course, they're going to know what it looks like. Oh, is that like. what that is? Okay, okay, Yeah, okay. it's a phone emoji. I mean, they have cell phone emojis, but the phone emoji's like better. Anyway. Yeah. What a bunch of dumbasses. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Uh, so the director uh, and writer, Scott Derrickson, he made uh, this his next project after leaving Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness because they had the creative differences, which I mentioned. However... He remained on as an executive producer for that film mm-hmm. while while they were shooting. Oh, okay. Because so, he knew it was going to do well. Right. It's just they wanted to go a different route than he was. Oh, I see. Which, you know, say what you will about that movie. I've heard a lot of mixed things. I really liked it. Did you? Yeah, it was good. We had a really good time watching it. Did yeah. we watch it with Chloe? I think we did, yeah. We all had a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, my God, Sam Raimi everywhere. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It kind of it just kind of it, it tickled my nostalgia boner a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I understand that that's kind of a no, no. But it didn't feel like it didn't feel like just self-service. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It felt it, like it fan service. It was a Marvel in movie. a good way. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely. Well, that's the thing about Marvel movies is that you guys who get so goddamn serious about these fucking movies, dude, give you any <laughs> idea there's never been a series of films that have ever done this well ever. (laughs) So when you guys get nitpicky about this dumb shit, it's, it's weird to me because like these are not supposed to be, you know, 10 angry men. This isn't fucking citizen Kane. Okay. This is, it's just bubblegum fucking fun. They're summer blockbusters. Right. They're meant to be entertaining. They're not winning Oscars. Right. You may cry because Iron Man fucking got fucking clipped but that's neither here nor there it's still its entire purpose is supposed to appeal to a mass population Mm -hmm. and you know obviously they're they're running out of ideas and they're pulling a little bit more risks and they're doing a lot more weirder shit which i personally kind of like right i i i like the weird shit when they've run out of ideas because at least it's kind of original refreshing right you know you have to you can't put out the same stuff over and over like People what is interest i would have loved to see you know multiverse go even further but i thought it was fun regardless mm-hmm. 
Um, so, by the way, the, the history on this black phone movie, by the way, was theatrically, it was released in the United States by Universal Pictures on June 24th, 2022. And it was originally set for release on January 28th, later February 4th, before being delayed again till June 24th. But the film had its world premiere at Fantastic Fest on September 25th, 2021 and that's why the movie is a 2021 film oh because it had an audience Mm -hmm. and it also closed the overlook film festival on june 5th and screened at the tribeca film festival on june 18th so once blumhouse realized just how great the early reactions were Mm -hmm. they were like okay let's give it a summer release date Mm -hmm. so do i think it's one of the biggest summer blockbusters no but it's still good yeah um the grabber which you know, dons the several different creepy masks. He has like a top portion, a bottom portion, and then the two with the top hat and everything like that. Each exposed different portions of his face, and they were designed by the legendary prosthetic makeup artist Tom Savini. Oh. So Mason Thames said that the first time he saw the mask, coupled with Ethan Hawke's bone-chilling performance, he was absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. Because he is pretty creepy. He is creepy. It's this. his voice. Yeah. His voice sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. Like a child molester fucking creep would mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of like we were watching the sandman the sandman yeah. i want to say how but you guys know what i'm talking about with Funland. yeah was that episode seven or yeah something? it was seven one, no, eight. It was eight and ten yeah or no nine and ten yeah so anyway you'll you'll see what i'm talking about but yeah i could see that he would totally be scared by that i mean he is a kid still you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> he's all slinking around you know slinking around <laughs> he is he's like creepy as fuck the paper boy who got killed in this movie, by the way, is a reference to Johnny Gosh, who was a paper boy from Iowa who was on a route with his dog Gretchen and disappeared. Oh, wow. So his dog was later. He was the one that didn't have any friends, right? The kid that didn't have any friends. What? No, he, he was he, like the younger boy. He hit, Did he hit the home run at the baseball? No. Or he threw it? No. There was a different kid that he was on the phone with in the movie. He was like, oh, oh okay. I remember you. Didn't you do the oh, paper on boy the phone, yeah. 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 We never met him. We never saw him die we, R- or, right. you know, His get kidnapped. Bike. Yeah, you just saw the bike. Yeah, you saw him yeah. on the bike with the dog because we were both like, oh. Right. And then it was it was a fan and then the bike and the dog. Right. So Which we thought was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah, apparently that's a reference to a real case. Case that, the, you know, the dog was later found, but... Johnny's disappearance remains unsolved oh. to this day. You know what freaks me out mm. about shit like this is that, like, that stuff still happening. Right. You well, know? do you remember I, in the oh. 80s? It was like. Oh, it was bad. It was like you couldn't. I remember. Your parents you, taught you how to talk to strangers because. Right. Because there was so much of it in yeah, the 80s. people so. were just grabbing kids, like, left and right. Right. That's why you had to. You got away be, with it a lot more back then. But yeah, you didn't have cameras, but it's still happening. It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, of course it's crazy. Oh, my God. But um, there was a breakfast scene where Finney and Gwen are trying not to make noise in front of of Terrence, and he mentions the town of Boulder when they're discussing how they were making so much noise that they could hear it there. Boulder is the town of Stephen King's The Shining, where the Torrance family lives before moving to the Overlook Hotel for the winter. Kind of a nod, I guess. Everything relates back to his father. Joe Hill does kind of pay homage in some respects right got to keep the legacy alive right he does do classic but classic for nowadays right you know what I mean? yeah so it's still more mm-hmm. it's different 
it's it's a little more it's got mm-hmm. like a twist and stuff he likes a little twistier mm-hmm. um i've never read any of his books so i have no right, idea I haven't either, but yeah. I, I i probably should mm-hmm. <laughs> um if you guys have a single book that i should read um by joe hill that joe hill did that you know maybe they didn't turn into a movie or you think is the best to read or is better than the movie let mm-hmm. me know he uh, did a lot of comics though i thought he's written he's written a lot of different yeah things. he's done a lot um, so every method of escape that the kids on the phone tell Finney is used to fight off the grabber at the end, the hole, the cable, the freezer, the meat. Mm-hmm. Do you notice? Yeah. Which was really cool. I thought it was a nice, yeah, like, that was even a good though thing. it, cause like it kind of seems obligatory. It's like, oh, they tried to get out this way and none of them work, but by using all, all of them. Right. You're, he was, able he was to able out. to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is interesting. And I like that part in the movie. Um, you know, packing the phone with the dirt and even the padlock combination, the whole fucking thing. So, but the grabber is actually loosely based on the serial killers, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and, and would use a ruse to lure victims to help him to his car. And John Wayne Gacy would use a belt on his victims. Jeffrey Dahmer had one victim escape from his apartment only to be recaptured. So that's right. I remember, you know, these are little, that's a, little yeah. things that, and, and the, the whole seventies thing, wasn't that exactly when John Wayne Gacy was like, yeah, that's when all of those, yeah, all he, of them, he was like burying them in the underground, in the water and shit all over his property mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, but that's pretty much it for the, the trivia and stuff like that. I found a few things extra mm-hmm. uh, that weren't, you know, tucked in the easiest spots. So did you have anything up front that you wanted to talk about that uh, that maybe got you on board right away that you noticed right away about the movie that I think when Finney got kidnapped, okay. I really liked that part because I wasn't expecting all that. Like he he uh, he had his van and then he. Uh, Finney noticed there were black balloons in the van. He was like, "Are those black balloons?" Right. You can because see earlier the, they knew the the sister had dreams. There's double performances going on there, like you would in real life, in a situation like that. And that's yeah. where Finney, this character Thames Mason Thames, does a, a really fantastic job. Yeah, because really he's part fantastic. concerned and he's playing along at the same time. Yeah, and it, he does a really good job. Yeah, but then he gets grabbed like really quick. He grabbed him really quick. What so. the fuck was he spraying in their mouth? <laughs> like what the I have fuck no was idea. that? That's like... whipped cream, kids. Like, <laughs> didn't he like knock him out? Didn't he hit him and knocked him out? I guess I don't know what it was, but it was like air compressed, and it was like. He pushed on it and sprayed like liquid in their mouths and shit like that. Maybe it was like liquid chloroform or something. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. He had the balloons. And it was pretty intense. Yeah. I really, I don't know. Oh, I, he dropped the eggs. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, I have butterfingers. Oh, that's if, right. If I wasn't a magician, <laughs> my friends tell me I should stick to being a magician, I guess. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, ah, oh, calm down. You're freaking me out. Yeah. I honestly was like right into it right away in the very beginning. Um, But. You know, they, they really do a good job of building the characters up into the point where he gets taken because it, it's important that you care about him being taken, you know, and it's like he is seeing other people around him being taken. Yeah. And the buildup between the relationship with his sister right, and their good. father and they lost their mother. Right. And what a lot of great character yeah. building there. Just yeah. Perfect. And so it just kind of makes the second and third act just go by really quick mm-hmm. because, you know. You got the whole tension between the sister and him. She's psychic. 
you know, which I thought was an interesting twist, but kind of overused a little bit, you know? Yeah. That's what I mean by like classic today. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's like a, a version of his dad's, but today, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not trying to say Joe Hill is an original. I'm trying to say right. that no, there, there is some similar. elements that he can't get away from, I feel like, that yeah. you see in his films. And what is it with Joe Hill, by the way? He likes stories about kids getting kidnapped. Yeah, because I think every movie I listed, it was like, because the Nosferatu is like all about kidnapping Right, that's a big one. He takes them to a fucking fairyland that's not even real, but only exists in the head. Only exists because they believe in it. Right. Crazy. Which is a mind shocker. Did they ever even, they did a season two, right? I don't know. We only watched season one. Yeah, I remember we watched enough. I was kind of in and out of that show. Yeah, it was like, Good and bad. Right. Um, I think one of the things was when, when the cops investigated uh, the Gwen, the, the the sister, before we knew she was like a psychic, I thought was interesting. Because <laughs> she she was like cussing at him like a sailor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it was great. She was like, they ask her means- what's up because she has like sometimes dreams are right is what she says. And apparently her dad does not like this because it scares him. Because I guess hit their mother the mom, died. Yeah. Because she, she foretold it. Yeah. She knew it was going to happen. And he was like, you don't do that around here. You know, I'm going to beat the shit out of you for some reason. You fucking wasteoid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another thing at the end. It's like, please forgive me. Like, I don't even know, man, how I'd feel in that situation. Right. But apparently Bruce Yamada, who was one of the kids, the first kids that gets stolen, she had a dream about him and that he was taken by a man with black balloons, the grabber. And she saw him get taken and told someone on the bus, I think it was, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, how did you know this? We never mentioned the balloons in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I dreamt it. She's like, oh, yeah, well, oh, so what, you're going to play me now? <laughs> she's like, you're going to, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm the grabber, you dumb fuck fart knockers. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> She knows her rights. <laughs> right. And then she's like, okay, so he's like, what are you not telling us? And she's like, well, sometimes I see things that are, are right. To happen. I dream things that are that happen. And so now they use the little girl as like their psychic little, you know, totem or <laughs> whatever. Medium. Yeah. They, Solving the crime. They strap her on the hood like. Don't you think it was? Kind you know what I'm talking about when I say that, by the way. No. Naked lunch, or no, not naked lunch. Uh, uh, gun. Naked gun. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. See, I, know I, why did, I said lunch. I did know what you were talking about then. <laughs> Don't you think it was weird they were interviewing her without uh, the father? Well, I guess it was the Times. I don't they know. Could do that, yeah, but... they probably trusted them more back then. It's crazy. It was the 70s, you know. They'd probably let a, an officer take your child out, you know. Like <laughs> nowadays, they the, the officers like selling the children to fucking traffickers and shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what it feels like, dude. It's like some new story every fucking day where some officer like was planning to like that lady who who fucking they shot up. Oh, I know. They Horrible. fucking planned to murder her to, to buy her property for one dollar. No, and she wouldn't, and so they just killed her. Holy shit, dude! Did you see there was this? Sorry, I'm I'm derailing. But there was some uh, town, and they defunded the whole. Oh yeah, the whole town because police. there's ninety percent uh, uh, people of color and who somebody, were getting arrested for no reason. Yeah, and somebody sent a really racist text, and they were like, you know what, screw it, and they just Dude, got rid of them all. The officer in charge, the sheriff, mm-hmm. has they have audio of him 
And he was like straight up saying how he was going to execute them. It's crazy, dude. I cannot like, believe this is happening. Holy shit, dude. Ugh. Like, and people say we should trust them. Like, I don't yeah, know. Man. I don't think so. I think everybody should be have to follow the book. And that way, nothing bad happens. Right. That's the whole point, isn't it? Like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, it's not it's not up to get political. It's just that, you know, would you give your kids to let your yeah, kids. Would you let your kids talk, talk to a cop without you being there as the parent? Right. Like things have changed okay? so much. Well, yeah. we, we used to think priests were OK, too. Remember? Right. There was a time where they were OK. But now there's like 700 fucking cases over a year mm-hmm. <laughs> at that one church. Like, right. what the fuck? God. Uh, so the Mormon church too. The Mormon church is getting a, a attack now with uh that stuff. Well, attacked. You that's probably how well, people think. You know. I'm not saying that every every so person sure. is like that. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there is if people people are fucked up and if you give them an inch they will take a mile when it comes to tr- right. trust. Right. And uh there is nothing wrong with making sure shit like that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay anyway serial killers back to that um there was that scene where uh flynn and gwen's dad gets he beats the ever-living shit out of her because he's scared of her gift and i was just like god i hate this motherfucker oh yeah that's why by the end of the movie when he's asking for forgiveness i just didn't care right i was just like maybe just like kick him in the face right like be like we'll take care of ourselves thanks <laughs> you know what i mean you piece of shit right like, Ugh. Like, how you could ever f- get to that point? I know. I, I, I understand people have alcohol problems and stuff like that, but that's just too much. God, I was like, Jesus, dude. Like, I, don't, I was mad. <laughs> so every time I saw him in any of the scenes, I'm like, why is, is she being nice to him? But I guess that's how kids are. Yeah, because the kids just, you know. They, they don't, don't know, know what. They, yeah, it's not like they can just like, go live on their own, I guess. Right. Anyway. Their friend Robin, who beat, uh, I, I like the scenes with Robin. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Where he, he like beats up that kid in the beginning of the movie when they're oh, walking yeah. to school. Uh, yeah. That moose kid or whatever. He's yeah. all like, yeah, what? And then he just jumps on him and starts pounding and wailing on him and, and won't stop. And then fucking Finn, Finny's all like, ah, we should leave. And she's like, wait, why, why are we leaving? Like, that's so cool. And then I like how they met up in the bathroom. And, uh, oh, the kids, the other kids were picking on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what are you doing in here, Finn? And then Robin walks in. He's like, yeah, hey, what are you guys doing in here, huh? Hey, I'll tell you what. Next time you fucking corner my friend in the bathroom again, I'm going to fucking stick my foot up your ass or something like that. <laughs> and he's just some little kid, you know, like, but he's got an attitude. And he scares people, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny. I don't know. The camaraderie between the two of them is pretty cool. And then. You know, even when he makes the phone call to his friend on the phone, which is pretty, mm-hmm. oh, you know, let's see. I'm trying to think of some other scenes that, you know, that we really liked. I loved that the that the killer kind of knew that the phone ringed. Right, but they never talked to him. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what was said. Right. Like, uh, it was almost like to torture him. Right. Because he did. That was one of the first things he said. Did you hear the phone ring? Mm-hmm. He's like, what? No, I didn't hear the phone ring. He's <laughs> like, I swear, the phone's going to ring. I'll be right back. Remember? Right. And it was like right there. He's like, what about that phone? He's like, it hasn't worked for years. Right. So, yeah, there was like that whole discussion with him. And he was like, Flynn wakes up to the phone ring and he tries to answer. But the double man says it doesn't work. Remember? Right. And he's like, 
tells him, you're the one that killed Rob. He's like, you're the one that killed Robin and the others, aren't you? And the man says, that's someone else. Yeah, which was weird. It's because he doesn't want to imagine himself being that character, mm-hmm. being that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I'm sorry I hurt you, but I have to handle something. Flynn's like, I'll scream. And he's like, go ahead. I soundproofed the whole fucking place. <laughs> like the way he's talking he was so to this, casual i know the way he's talking to this kid you're just like jesus the thing that always frightened me is that he was so sweet and peaches down there and he always kept leaving the door open which i thought was like he's like he was like he made the rules in his mind right that if they were naughty boys they would try to escape mm-hmm. even though he left the door open intentionally for them to try right he Testing justified them. killing them be- or you know hurting them by punishing them, probably like he was as a kid. Oh, it makes sense. And then the twist with the brother who's living in the house with him across the street. And he's like obsessed over the missing kids. He right. Has like a, he is a crazy. Yeah, he's got the wall of crazy yeah. that Mike always talks about. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I was just like, and that actor I've seen in a bunch of different stuff too. He's pretty good. Yeah. But it was just kind of like a weird kind of comedic thing going on. And then he's like, oh my God. At that scene when he finds out that his brother maybe is the serial killer because it's like right in the neighborhood. Oh, and he heads down to the basement. Yeah, and he yeah. goes, oh, like, my oh, God. Shit. He's like, oh, my God. Okay, you're fine. Everything's fine. And then his brother slams the axe into his head. Yeah, that was crazy. And then he just falls. I was like, ooh. Yeah, you, you do feel pretty good when fucking Ethan gets his leg snapped. Oh, yeah. And they really snapped it, too. And then he fucking does that cartwheel thing over him and fucking <laughs> chokes him out and snaps him. He snaps his fucking neck like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I love how, how fucking uh, Robin was all like, you know, you are that crazy. I knew it when I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> you know, being a badass is also by taking a hit, and you know how to take a hit. He's like pep top it, pep talking yeah. him from beyond. A ghost pep talk. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, uh, something that really bothered me about the movie was again Gwen like riding her bike in the streets alone at night looking for her brother. Right. I'm like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? There's a there's a guy grabbing kids. Yeah, but she I think she knew that he only liked boys because. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Maybe maybe that's why. Okay. But I was like, wait, what the fuck? What's with their dad? Like, why? What the fuck? I mean, clearly he had like some sort of like daddy issue. Oh, yeah. You know, the grabber. Yeah. So he had to like re-mimic his own life somehow through getting these boys and then punishing him for being bad mm-hmm. to sort of like alleviate the guilt that he had. Look at you getting all psychologists on. Well, I'm just trying to think, put my mind in the, you know, in the madness just to see like where they were going with it, because they got to have a background story that Scott Derrickson and Joe Hill came up with together. Right. They probably talked mm-hmm. and it was like, so what was the, you know. Inspirado for this guy, like you know, like what? There's always a backstory because otherwise your your stories are hollow, right? Yeah, you know I mean, right. like he, they just don't feel right. Yeah, he kills him. He goes outside, and it's it's the whole switcheroo with the houses. They thought it was at the other house, but it was really this house because he owned two houses. Right, kind of like eh, that was dumb. yeah. That was, eh, I don't know. He buried the bodies in the other. I'm like, what? It's a, it's a little unlikely that he would just have his brother chilling in the house that he's like fucking. And who the fuck would own two houses? Like, who does that? I mean, back in the day when they could afford them, you know, when they were $20,000. What the fuck? I can't even afford my house now. Yeah, what was the cars back then? Like three grand? Oh, my God. Look out. You guys are just lazy. <laughs> you for 
could buy like 20 cars for the price of one now, dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I think that, I don't know, you know, it ended pretty typical, you know, phone rings and tells him the killer's asleep and there's a lock, the combinations on the wall. And he does all the stuff to try to get out with all the different pieces and mm-hmm. throws the meat for the dog. The dog almost looks CGI at first, by the way, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Like, it was, like, made to look bigger? It, it was, like, too perfect of a dog. I don't know. Something seemed weird about it at first. But then it looked normal once it was down in the basement. Mm-hmm. It was when he first, like, he kept it in the closet, too, which was even more weird. That's fucked up. Yeah. I had some people watch my dog once. That really pissed me off. They kept Didn't them in the closet. they lock in the closet, yeah. fuckers? Oh, man. I, wanted, I was gone oh, I was, for, like, a couple weeks. I would be pissed. Toby did not deserve that. No. He was such a good dog. He was a good dog. He was a good boy. But yeah, I don't know. I like the ending. I thought it was okay. Kind of typical, you know. He's walking out. He's the strong guy now. He's going to be the one that takes care of his family. He's probably going to beat his father, which is <laughs> probably... The, yeah, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Choke him out. You want another beer, old man? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we do have another movie to talk about, and that is Moloch, which came out weeks ago on Shudder that I did the work for. It actually came out in 2022. It's a Dutch film from the Netherlands. It uh, has this woman by the name of Betriek. She lives at the edge of a peat bog in the north of the Netherlands when she and her family are attacked by a random stranger one night. Betriek sets out to find an explanation, and the more she digs, (laughs) the more she becomes convinced that she is being hunted by something ancient. Uh-oh. This is written and directed by Nico Vander Nico Vandenbrink, who this is his first feature film. He has done other projects, short films and such, including one upcoming called The Burden Coming Out. I don't know what it is. It's The Burden. But he's also from the Netherlands. He also had help on this with writer Dan Baker who uh, has written on some short films and TV shows in the Netherlands, including a show called Zenith Supercharged Family. Also, some of the cast, I couldn't... Nobody had pictures. Oh, okay. So I didn't know what to do. So I just grabbed the two main ones, okay? okay. Which is the Sally Harmson, who plays Beatrick. She was in Blade Runner 2049, by the way. She played one of the uh, robots. Oh, okay. Uh, she was in a movie called Barslet and in real life and a couple more. She has a huge, you know, collection of movies that she's been in. Mm-hmm. I not, didn't recognize any Not of one of them. They're right. all Netherlands movies, probably. Right. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. Dutch films. We also have star Alexandra, uh, Alexander Willemu, Willemu, who plays Jonas. He was in the Wheel of Time TV series on Prime. 1899, the Tomb Raider movie, Equinox, and more. Uh, I couldn't really find a budget on this one, so I didn't know how much it costs or anything like that. But, Christina. Hello. What did you think of this film? Well, it was okay. Uh, it was a really slow, Jesus, the, it was a slow start. It is. Very slow uh, start. Uh, I got the story was kind of confusing. I got I got confused about who people were, what they were doing. Right, I didn't exactly know what was going on. So it is a little slower than it, it's pretty slow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. But there slow. are a lot of good characters. So it wasn't too bad. Right, I see. You know, we finished it. 
So it's a good thing. But you know what I mean? Like, um, I've seen some really bad slow burns that they don't have any dialogue or anything. Right, yeah. For no, long the, stretches. This, this wasn't that bad. But, I mean, the story was okay. It wasn't really, again, it wasn't anything like I haven't seen before. But I did like the small town aspect of it in the Netherlands, I'm guessing. A small town in the Netherlands. Yeah, I near like Romania. That. Yeah, so it was it was cool to see like the a different kind of like culture and like they were like what they were teaching in school, even though I'm sure it like wasn't true, but they were like talking about a fable or whatever. And they had this uh uh they had this uh part where there's a kid's play and um I really liked that part. Um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, I thought this was gonna be a movie about child sacrifice and they mentioned child sacrifice. But it really didn't. It's a hybrid of things. I'll explain yeah. it when we get oh, to, the, to okay. the thing. Okay. I didn't really, towards the end, um, I won't say what it was, but they had some really bad CGI of a character. Oh. And it reminded <laughs> me of like a haunted, a hologram in a haunted house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Right. It was like one of those, right. those ghosts like float up there. Where their, their like, hair and their clothing is kind of shifting like it's in the water. Yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty bad. I mean, I know what they were trying to do, but it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was like a four out of ten for me. Really? Like, okay. Well, it was just like okay. I thought it was well done. Like they did shoot it well. They did do a lot. There's a good things about this movie. Well, but I feel like it almost feels like if you aren't close enough to the story, the actual elements, but you find out that this is broken up over three different elements, like three different stories. Bog people which is a real thing where they find people that have been sacrificial, ritually killed, and that they find in the bog, preserved. Oh, okay. It's a real thing. Oh, wow. Mixed with, okay. like, a cult thing, mixed with um, a um, Hebrew uh, character called Moloch, which oh, okay. they kind of, like, mix all together into this, like, one story to make it his own. Oh, I see. So it feels like, you know, if you knew the lore a little bit more, it might be interesting or if it was part of their... Or if they would have explained it better. Probably. But, you know, they do explain it really well in that fucking... That kid's play. The kid's play. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's everything you really need to know. That didn't even happen to, like, more than halfway through the movie. But, you know, I don't know. It is a slow burn, but for the acting in it, it's rather good. There are a lot of likable characters in the film, like, that... You know, they were cute. Like the father and her. Yeah, the grandpa. Yeah, the grandpa and her were like really cool. Um, the little girl was cute. It just didn't pay off for me. Just wasn't all that great by the end. Perhaps it, if it, if it, I don't know. It didn't really have that much suspense. Some of the music in it kind of made you feel like it should be, but it didn't do it. It didn't pull it off. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of scenes where it is kind of reminiscent of like um the autopsy of jane doe because they have that bell thing oh, going on yeah. uh which they use as a kind of like a, a tool to try to scare people mm -hmm. but it didn't it didn't really work for me personally i'm just saying um it is still a really well-made movie for the most part all around it's more about like is this your cup of tea kind of thing like story-wise there is plenty of mystery swirling around this one with the family that's been cursed by the townsfolk, which at first seems like, you know, just some sort of misunderstanding until the movie gets further and further and further down the rabbit hole and not much in the way of gore, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. There is a couple of moments in the movie where you're like, ah, like, no, don't do that mm -hmm. with the knife. Remember oh, that? Yeah, I remember. 
the story is just the kind of part that is like it's it has a lot to it but it just wasn't that engaging to me and it really has a lot of of moving parts that didn't that kind of derailed for me from the plot story does kind of meander a little bit in the beginning takes a little too long to get where it's going and they kind of like try to give too much bait and certain characters that they want you to believe has something to do with it because the mysteries you know you're like who's part of what Mm -hmm. you know there's like she meets this other guy is he part of it like what are they doing Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's really up to the viewer if you like the finale i'll say that it's not exactly the happiest ending so that might be kind of cool for some people Mm-hmm. But was it really a hearty ending? It's a substantial, like a it had enough. I don't know. There's some some decent things in the movie, but it's definitely slightly above average on this one for me. It just feels like a movie that I expected rather than one that I was super excited about watching. So like I right. kind of knew where it was headed and nothing was shocking by the time I did get it. The reveals weren't all that great. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the journey there was kind of interesting. I'm more on like a 5.5 kind of situation, maybe six. I don't know. It's it's low. Like the, it's definitely shot competently above average mm-hmm. and acted above average. Totally. I just don't like the story. I right. didn't. I didn't get into it. And the creature is, is really ridiculous. So, <laughs> but yeah, you take that for what you will. I'll probably never watch this one again. It could be lower. I just wasn't that fond of it. Some people liked it, though. Some people said it was really good. It's got a pretty high score on Shudder, even. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just wasn't that good for me. So We do have some trivia, though, on this, and that kind of goes into the history of what Moloch is and you know the different versions of it that he kind of, dir- the director and writer, pulled from, and the other writer helped uh, kind of build the story around, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I think if they would have expressed, you know what it is? If they would have expressed bog people and how like profound that is and what that really means instead of just assuming that the viewer knew. Right. It might have added to the mystery yeah, a little I, bit I more. Had, I had no idea. And if I they would have like thing. Yeah, if they would have gone over some other elements in the movie, they would have like beefed it up a little bit. Right, because I had no idea who those researchers were, what they were doing, why they were out there. It's true. It's true. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, we do have some trivia and some stuff to spoil that will, you know, you know, obviously ruin your experience. If you want to watch the movie, it's up on Shutter now. Go ahead and check it out. It is part of the subscription service. Otherwise, I don't think that you can rent it. So, um, but yeah, if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. You can go down to the timestamps down below and check out what we're going to be watching next week to review. For Christina's birthday, yeah, by the way. Bitches. Don't forget. So. Uh, Malik, also spelled Malik, M-M-M-O-L-E-C-H, is a Canaanite deity associated in biblical sources with the practice of child sacrifice, which we mentioned. The name derives from combining the consonants of the Hebrew Melek, which means king, with the vowels of Boshet, which means shame, the king of shame. Oh. The latter often being used in the Old Testament as a variant name for the popular god Baal, which means lord. In the Hebrew Bible, Moloch is presented as a foreign deity who was at times illegitimately given a place in Israel's worship as a result of the syncretistic policies of certain apostate kings. The laws given to Moses by God expressly forbade the Jews to do what was done in Egypt or in Canaan. You shall not give any or of your children to devote them 
by fire to Moloch and so profane the name of your God, which mm. is Leviticus 18.21. So they talk about it quite a bit. There was a guy named, uh, during the reign of Josiah, the reformer, and he defiled Topheth, which is in a valley of, of the sons of Hinnom, that no one might burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Moloch. Oh. So that's Josiah is another name. I wonder if that's uh, what Josiah saw, remember? Oh, yeah. Anyway. That's right. So Moloch was a deity. Uh, so before 1935, all scholars held that Moloch was a pagan deity to whom child sacrifice was offered at Jerusalem Topet. The medieval rabbinical tradition understood Moloch as closely related to the other similar named deities mentioned in the Bible, such as Milcom and Adramelech and Amalekh. The medieval rabbinical tradition also connected Moloch to reports of ancient Phoenician and Carthaginian child sacrifice. Both of the rabbinical ideas were taken over by early modern scholarship. Some modern scholars have proposed that Moloch may be the same god as Milcom, Adad Mil. Milky or epithet for bottle. You know what? Maybe, you know what? Times are tough. Maybe we should bring back child sacrifice. <laughs> All right, that's maybe enough. Maybe like that would, you know. I, I think a lot might... of people would argue that we've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah, we, well, I mean. Think about it. I mean, it depends on your definition of child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, obviously the notion of Moloch refers to a deity has been challenged for a lot of different reasons, because it's been rarely mentioned in the Bible and is not mentioned at all outside of it. And connections to other deities with similar names are uncertain. So it's possible that some of the supposed deities, like Miliki, are epithets for another god. So it's possible that, you know, they just didn't write about it because they didn't know about it. But there is a Moloch as a form of sacrifice. So, I mean, I guess it was done. I don't think anybody practices it now, but it is kind of interesting, you know, to to see. And it still refers all to Baal uh, and that whole fucking thing. So interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, director pulled from bog bodies and the legend of white women of white women is what they call it. Which Karens? Is, yeah. Karens in the woods <laughs> that aren't screaming. They just kind of haunt the woods. <laughs> But that, you know, it's the Netherlands, so everything is, like, really soft. And, like, it's not like here where we have, like, people, like, cutting each other's fingers off and shit. Like, it. <laughs> how dare you? I want my coffee. <laughs> Out there, their Karen's a lot less, you know. Yeah. So that's what I was getting at. I, I seriously. <laughs> anyway, that's not what I meant. But that's not really real. Uh, it's a it's a legend though called white women or the white women which are the haunting of like ghosts of women who would just be walking around in the woods. Mm -hmm. So they combined that with the legend of Moloch and then combined the two. He sort of kind of wove like you know Moloch into Dutch culture to kind of make it sort of a different version, specifically more so about child sacrifice. Basically, the Canaanites there there are some questions of it if it if it's real at all in the first place. Like I said, mm -hmm. the scholars don't even think that, you know, it hasn't even existed outside of the Bible really at all in any kind of writings whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So it may just refer to some sort of God or whatever, and it just kind of fell out. But probably why it's not such a big deal to kind of like make it into his own little Dutch horror movie, mm -hmm. you know, for an idea. So uh, other than that, that's pretty much it for the trivia. We don't really have any more than that. 
Um, the beginning of the movie, Christina, did you find anything interesting right out well, the bat? The girl is in a pantry and she's feeding the mice like little pieces of bread. And then, would you think she's just playing? But no, she's locked in there. Yeah, she's locked in there. And then you hear screaming, and then you just see blood like dripping from the ceiling. And she's shaking. To yeah, so. which we find out later is that's young Beatrix. Yeah, Beatrix or whatever. Yeah. However you say Who that, her fucking now name. the mom is she has a daughter of the same age. Right. She tried to escape the family curse, by the way, by moving to New York, mm-hmm. going to college out there. She thought she got away from it, and then she got brought back because her parents... Her, hu- her husband died. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, her husband died, so she moved back home. So they're just trying to adjust, and then all this weird shit starts going on. She should have <laughs> stayed away. Yeah, and then the researchers find the these encapsulated bodies and they're all women with their the bog bodies the uh the throats are cut vertically which is cool yeah that was different yeah, was, yeah that was different that definitely was different there is the, the bodies really do have like he was talking about some of the bog bodies like having rope around their neck that they choked out the women and then stuck them in the bog mm-hmm. so which actually happened towards the end oh kind of yeah yeah with the rope the rope in the throat one of the things that, you know, in a lot of the beginning took a while. I barely took any notes in the beginning because nothing really sufficient or big happened other than that very intro. Because mm-hmm. you're really just kind of getting to know the characters. You can tell that she's her. It's like her parents aren't like they don't sleep in the same rooms. They well, it's well. But see, to me, that was because like the, they were both having health issues. So if she's getting up in the middle of the night, you know, the other one, you know, so my, my grandparents slept in separate rooms. So do mine. Yeah. I'm just saying. But it's because they had, you know, health issues. That's, that's what I thought because they did have health issues and the, uh, the mom kept having seizures and fainting and shit and ended up in the hospital. Well, even when my grandparents slept in the same room, they still had separate beds. Hell yeah, dude. That's That's the way to do it. That's how it was. I'm telling you, that's the way to do it. If we didn't have Uh, a if, if we didn't have a big bed. Two twins. No, hell no. That is not happening in my house. <laughs> you could suck a dick. <laughs> Actually, it would be three beds because we would have to have a bed for Murray. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah. And then a bed for you and a bed for me. Yeah, and he would be, uh, we put his bedroom in a, outside. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, we're not we fucking doing that anyways. So stop it. <laughs> really, the, the big thing that really caught my attention is that she started kind of like making kind with the local researcher this guy who was like researching the bog bodies which was kind of like a hush hush situation and i'm thinking like american terms like hey if you find a body in the bog you're probably gonna have the police come because like they had this really weird part in the very beginning where this trash man like they call him the bag man which he was a local crazy guy who his father was like well known but he just kind of wandered the woods and stuff and collected trash and they called him the bag man and the bag man just suddenly started hearing voices and starts digging a hole or God knows where and then died of hypothermia in that hole. And in that hole, they later find a woman's body. Right. And also the police came when he died. So I'm sure. Yeah, when- they come to that hole, but they don't come to the hole. They, they well, uncover- it's like a 400 year old body. I, mean- I don't care. Why would you trust anybody when a body comes up? That's why when I watch these old what? movies, when they're like. Oh, we'll bury it out back. Like, no, you better not touch that body. No, you're going to get blamed for it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
<laughs> That's what I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, well, wh- why weren't the see, cops more involved? Again, this is why they didn't fully explain everything because the cops probably were involved because they had already set up out there to do research on these these really old bodies. Mm. So I'm sure the cops already knew. Yeah. And they probably called them. Who knows? Maybe they're part of it, too, because they were having a fucking festival for the fucking exact thing, the Litke. Yeah, for right when these bodies start surfacing. Like, there's a couple of, like, there's a moment where a guy comes in the middle of the night, and then they all wake up, and they're all, like, uh, trying to judge each other. The mom's always, like, denying everything, which is always kind of weird to me in this movie. Until you find out, obviously, she's possessed. She's possessed so, um, which I found out why you were confused and mixed up. We'll talk about that when we get towards the end. Okay. Because you were like, oh, I don't know. She was possessing everybody. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's a reason. I'll explain it to okay. you later. So um, there's a scene, though, where a guy comes in and he's like, I'm sorry. They told me to do this. And then he, he stab, oh. he's like, I, I drank some of your milk. I'm sorry. But they told me to do this. And he pulls out a knife and tries to stab her mom in the fucking mouth with the knife. Mm-hmm. And then the dad comes in and smacks him on the back of the head mm-hmm. and brains him really hard. He almost dies. Yeah, I think he ended up in the hospital. He's one of the fucking scientists who are out there looking at the bog bodies. Mm-hmm. And they don't know why he started acting this way. They have no idea. And so you're thinking it's like a cult or like what's oh, going whispers. on? It was the ghosts of the women yeah. who had died in the bog. Right, because they're they're they whispering. were the ones. They were yes. whispering because they kept talking about whispers. Right, they were Which the they ones. Should have explained earlier on. It would have made more sense. They were possessing all the fucking people. The main ancient ghost, the Moloch, whatever ghost, whatever it is, demon entity, was in the mom the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. So she. That's why when the father gets possessed, he's possessed by the women mm-hmm. to stop her, and then she chokes him out pushes him and then he hangs remember right because she has got the white eyes mm-hmm. that's why that yeah. happens yeah and then of course you know there's the whole love angle that the beatrix or beatrix and the researcher and the, yeah the what's his name i don't know if that was love yeah well they got pretty close pretty quick because she has always been shunned by the townsfolk because of her curse. curse the family curse yeah jonas the guy jonas he's the head of the bog people researchers mm-hmm. there's that scene where he's he's like don't you walk away from me or something like that and then she mm-hmm. like slaps him and then kisses him and then like fucks him on the ground in front of the bog gross do you remember yeah i remember <laughs> gross it's cold dude why do you i mean hey you gotta go you gotta when you want to go <laughs> come on in ride this anyway <laughs> but yeah it's like they were like actually developing kind of a relationship but by the end you know it's really stale all of a sudden and he's like what the fuck like what's going on and she he invites her to leave and she's like no just stay here anyway that's and then- well she keeps going back and forth to the camp which the camp is highly secretive they don't share what they've been doing out there with anybody mm-hmm. but yet i guess because he's banging her she can just come and go as she please right and she keeps going back there and she realizes that this whole curse that her parents have been telling her about this whole time is highly re- related to this whole fucking bog women thing mm-hmm. and they're finding you know several different women from all over the place mm-hmm. so they find what is it 12 yeah something like that. a like lot 12 yeah and then her mom dying becomes the 13th i guess mm-hmm. 
But they don't put her on the bog, right? I don't know. They but didn't say. after the mom dies, how does she die? I forget. Oh. The grandma, you mean? Is it a grandma or a mom? No, because her no, her, her parents died. Those were grandparents. Oh, okay. I was confused. So the grandma, doesn't she like come to the bed and then like something happens to her and she falls down in front of the bed? And then when you see the hands come up, it's... Oh, yeah. They, yes. No, no, no. Uh, no, they tie... They tie uh, Beatrice to the bed. Right. But I'm saying when the mom comes up, something happens to her. Yeah. The grandma. Yeah. She has the knife in her hand and she approaches the daughter and then she turns the knife on herself. Oh, she cuts vertically down her throat. Yeah. Herself. That's what it is. And And then when she drops to the floor, the fucking. The hand of the. The mollet comes up. Of the. It's like. Hey. The hologram witch shows up. Yeah, it's pretty really silly. Yeah. And then possesses Beatrice. It kind of reminds me, if you guys have seen the heroic trio, which is a Hong Kong fucking action flick with these three girls who have like really cool powers. They fight a skeleton guy. Actually, it kind of reminds me like the skeleton in in, um, Seventh Curse, which is another Hong Kong film. And it, it looks like the eyes are so ridiculously like animated. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like a cartoon. It is. It is a cartoon. Well, technically 3D, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, it pops up, and then... And while this was all happening, she actually locked her daughter in the pantry. Just like just she like was. Just like she was locked in when she was her age. Um, But you hear something that's swirling around, and that's when mom climbs up, and the it's an old witch, and she's alive, coming to take her body, I guess. And then it just ends, and it's like, oh, he's like at a diner or something like that. Well, it is no, no. So the, he, she goes and she meets the researcher guy, and he's trying to convince her to move away from there to get away, and she doesn't want to. She's like, we're fine, nothing's happening. That's weird. And then she's sitting on the couch with her daughter, and in the reflection is the witch and not her, but. Beatrice's soul is outside the window. She's one of the bog women. Looking in, crying. Right. Because, yeah. But you're crying, bitch. <laughs> now, now they have to sacrifice While the While the child. goofy ghost is all... <laughs> sitting next to the fucking girl. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, she can't hear it laughing, but it's like, that's how I picture, like... Right. What's happening in the background. Like, it really feels like it. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't like this movie that much. I mean, it was okay. It just didn't really do anything for me. There are enough memorable moments in it to really kind of push it through the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple of cool okay scenes, but mm-hmm. that, like, kind of went darker than I thought they were going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> 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 I tried so hard, though, and it uh, doesn't even matter. Right. But yeah, no, I I, uh, I think it's worth a watch maybe to find out if you like it. I don't expect it to be more than sevens for anybody that just might like it. It might just be made for you and maybe you're into that kind of stuff. But for me, it just, I don't know, it just seemed like a nothing burger, really. Mm-hmm. Um, That was well acted. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, like. Yeah, it was just okay. So, but yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it'll be for you. I don't know. What do you guys think? Did you see this movie? Did you not like it? Did you like it? Did you like the other movie? Did you like, uh, the black phone and think we're off on that? You know, like we didn't really follow the hype on any of them or anything. We just kind of saw people talking about it online. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. 
Uh, something that's getting hyped up that I see is that uh, Orphan Kills. Oh, the first kill. Yeah, the first kill. So I think we, we need to rewatch Orphan. Yeah, which is it's not a big deal. Right, which is so weird, and she's like so much older in this movie, like well, so it doesn't we, make we any just sense. Don't we just gotta watch it because people are saying it's one of the best movies of the well, year. Well, it's you know why it's because that girl. Remember that girl who pretended to be the daughter that this is based off of? No. Like, do you remember the there was a lady? Oh yeah, an adult who was pretending to be a child. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's like that's like creepy adopted. as fuck, dude. Yeah. Like. Hey man, you gotta do what to do to survive. Do you remember, like people were like feeling bad for the the woman, like they right. thought that the parents were mistreating her, right? But really, she was actually like right, the liar. Yeah, the she's like liar. manipulating everybody, and it's Crazy. like holy fuck. So yeah, I would love to check it out. Um, where is it out on anything, or do you know? Or oh, is I think it for it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll watch it for the for the for the YouTube or something. Yeah, you should do that. But I need to watch the first one again because I can't. I just right. feel like it's gonna make not sense. You have to. Yeah. But yeah. So next week we do have another movie that we're gonna a couple movies we're gonna be watching. Christina, what did you pick for your we birthday? We are going to be watching pivotal movies from my childhood. Okay. okay? We are going to be watching Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Which. Uh, Ryan thankfully sent us the 4K of that. Yeah, the brand new 4K that just came out. Which I'm very excited to watch. We are very excited to see that in 4K. And you can watch it on Amazon for $2.99. Right. Which I was really surprised it wasn't like streaming anywhere. It's kind of weird. Okay. But well, I guess just, this HBO shut is shutting down. Well, that was one plus of them that went. It, the 4K just came out. Oh, so they're, okay. Yeah, they try to push it. Okay, so another the other movie... Too because I also like to torture Alex with vampire oh movies. We are watching Interview with a Vampire from 1994, which I read the book and many, many, many years ago, and I, I, I did. Too. I really enjoyed the book. It's a so, really good book. So that whole I w- had never good. read a vampire book uh, at all. Uh-huh, that was my very that. first one. Me too. And Me it was too. so descriptive. It was very well written. Oh, was, that I was, whole series was blown so away by how they described the changing into a vampire. Mm-hmm. That's what sold me on the book, mm-hmm. and that's very early on in the in the book. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the first couple of chapters. And you can watch that for three ninety nine on Amazon. Right. So, do we have that movie? Yes, we do. We have on DVD. On DVD and VHS. <laughs> oh yeah, well, maybe we can find a copy yeah, we somewhere. Yeah, we can probably find a, a a better. We quality. own it, so we can fucking stream it anywhere we want. What are they gonna do? Right. Be like, I own the motherfucker. What do you? What do you want? Anyway, that's next week. Yeah. So yeah, be prepared. Get your vamp on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Ryan, for delivering on that. I appreciate you. Yes, I do too. Christina, you I made it up to Christina happy. for that one. It was on my list. She, for a long she time. originally. What were you gonna watch originally? We were originally gonna. We were gonna watch Straight Jacket with Joan Crawford from the sixties, uh, and we. She's were, been wanting to watch Mommy Dearest as well. Yeah, I have been, but we weren't gonna watch that for. That's not a horror. That's not horror. I think it is. It's really kind of creepy. No, I think it's more of a drama. Is Mommy Dears the one where the girl's like keeping all the jars of puke in her closet? Or is that some other special? Uh, yeah, I, I think it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I think that's funny. I just <laughs> That's all I remember about it. That's the fucked up thing. I forgot what other movie I had picked. But anyway. That, and another. I remember whenever. Oh, Psycho. I, I picked Psycho. Oh, uh, okay. When when I was younger, I remember seeing that movie and it being such a like like a big movie at the time it was a huge movie yeah my mom watched it with me and everything like that and whenever she was like really mean to me (laughs) i would say i would call her call her mommy dearest (laughs) and she's like don't you call me that (laughs) that's hilarious 
<laughs> I'm a little asshole. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys so much for coming by. We hope to see you for Christina's birthday next week. Let us know what you think of these new movies. If you saw them, if you're going to check them out. Love to hear from you guys in the comment section down below. Be sure to check out the YouTube for more videos. I'm going to try this week desperately to have some new stuff up. So it's just tough for me. So, but uh, we love you. Thank you for coming by. And as always, long live the voice.